When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Inside Michigan Football. Over the next hour, we're breaking down the latest in Wolverines football, including interviews with players, coaches, and alumni. Now, here's your host, John Jansen. The first meeting between these two teams, Michigan and Minnesota, happened in 1892. They're playing for the Little Brown Jug. That came into being in 1903 when Fielding H. Yost traveled to the city of Minneapolis, didn't trust them not to contaminate his water, so he sent out a young student manager, Thomas B. Roberts, and told him to purchase something to carry water in. Mr. Roberts bought the little brown jug for 30 cents, and they forgot it when they left. Called up to see if they could get it back, and they said, you're going to have to come back and win it back, and thus started the tradition of the little brown jug. This weekend, Michigan will again travel to Minneapolis to take on the Golden Gophers. Jim Harbaugh is going to stop by in just a few minutes, the head coach of Michigan football, to talk about the matchup and what he has seen from his team. We will also be joined by Josh Gaddis, Michigan's offensive coordinator. What to expect in year two of this offense, some new components, quarterback, offensive line, some uh, new receivers, and a very talented group of running backs. Uh, And we're going to get a chance to talk to one of those receivers. Ronnie Bell joins us a little bit later in the show. Stay tuned here. Can't wait to have a conversation with all of these fine gentlemen, all these great Wolverines. You're listening to Inside Michigan Football, brought to you from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back to Inside Michigan Football, and as we are on Monday nights, we're joined by the head football coach, Jim Harbaugh. Coach, thanks for joining us. How has this game week started for you guys? Are you excited? 
Yeah, it's great to great to be on a Monday of game week. Uh, you know, something we haven't had in a long time. So yeah, very fired up about it. When you look at all that has happened up until this point with, you know, the pandemic seasons being postponed, reinstated, three different schedules, how have you been able to keep these guys focused on right now getting to this point, getting to game week? Uh, it's been a lot of improvising and adjusting that, uh, you know, the players have had to do. I mean, they've, they've, gone, through, uh, they've gone through a lot, you know, uh, probably unprecedented, really. Uh, different challenges, things coming at them. Um, and been really proud with how they've, um, you know, how they kept their focus really and just, uh, you know, knew what they wanted, knew they wanted to play, uh, uh, you know, just focused on their, their training and, and, and school and, um, you know, getting ready to, to play a football game. I almost, uh, never been in the military, but, uh, you know, imagine it's, you know, somewhat like, you know, um, operational readiness, uh, that our military goes through and not knowing when they're going to, when their next battle is going to be, but, you know, knowing they have to be ready for it. And I think uh, a lot of our players had that same mindset. How difficult has it been, or what are some of the, I don't know, checks and balances you have in place in case somebody does test positive in regards to your depth chart? Um, it would be next man up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's uh, it's a thing we're going through daily. Um, you know, you got to test, you got to be, you got to test negative in order to be able to go to the meetings and, and go to the practices and we'll, it'll be right. It'll be like that right up until, uh, until um, you, you kick off, you know, you play the game you got to test negative on game day as well. I mean, there's, there's daily testing, there's game day testing. So, um, you know, you're, you're, you know, foreseeing that, um, you know, the game day, we get the visiting team can still only bring 74 players, mm-hmm. you know, the same amount that it has been every year. So uh, that's, you know, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Um, you hope, you know, keep your fingers crossed and let's, let's face, stay, stick together and, and stay virus strong. And, you know, and, and also, you know, there's sacrifices you have to con- continue to make, um, you know, to keep yourself healthy and, and, and your teammates. So um, staying vigilant on, on all those fronts, I mean, is, is, is what we've been doing. Being a former captain at Michigan, I know you guys have selected your captains. Um, what was that honor like for you? And, and when you see that list of guys that teammates have elected, what does what does it mean to you as a coach now to see those guys as captains? Well, good. So such I mean, such worthy guys. You know, um, you know, Carlo Kemp was a captain last year, and uh, and Quiddy Pay. Uh, you know, has been such a great leader. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is is a stalwart. Josh Ross. Same uh, kind of uh, great player, great guy, great teammate, great leader. Um, and Ben Mason and Nick Eubanks and, and Andrew Vistardis, uh, you know, all those guys just, uh, you know, very deserving, you know, top shelf uh, players and, and leaders. You've talked about Joe Milton um, and the steps that he has taken to, to be ready to play and, and start a game on Saturday. Uh, you, you've talked about Cade McNamara and the competition in that room. Let's start with Joe. What have you seen from him in his development as a player that makes you believe that he can go out there and lead a Michigan football team? Been uh, really known Joe a long time. You know, uh, recruited Joe, we coached Joe, uh, been around Joe on a daily basis. I mean, very talented. And uh, I've said it before, he's kind of, Let's put the talented guy out there and, and see how it goes. I mean, I think you might be surprised. 
you know, in a, in a, in a very pleasant way. Uh, but he's ready to play. He's ready to play a game. Uh, improved. Uh, a lot of people, probably the biggest area you know, people talk about his arm strength and you know, he's got, he's got really good, great arm strength and, and, uh, you know, he's developed touch. He's developed, um, you know, a passer's touch, throwing the appropriate, appropriate throws. And, um, but most of all, I'm just excited to watch him compete. Cade McNamara, if the, if the circumstances dictate it, he might be your quarterback. What have you seen from him and his development of uh, at that quarterback position since he's been in Ann Arbor? Yeah, I mean, I talk about like, I mean, really closing the gap, really coming a long way. Um, you know, uh, you know, that's, you know, Cade McNamara, you know, scout team last year, this year, uh, uh, you know, has closed the gap all the way, Yeah. you know, uh, right there and just in, in every area, just a uh, uh, really talented player as well. And, uh, you know, has the ability to move the team. Uh, you know, I can tell with our receivers. I mean, they are both all, I mean, it's a great group of receivers, but and tight ends and, and backs. Uh, you can just tell those, I mean, those, those skilled players, I mean, they're excited when Joe's in there. They're excited when Kay's in there. And, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a great, great, um, you know, great chemistry, great thing going when you notice that. I mean, that's, that's, uh, they perk up. So uh, when either, either of those two guys are uh, behind the center. And let's talk about your center, Andrew Vistardis, um, fifth-year kid. Um, obviously, he's you know I've talked to him. He's got goals of, of going to medical school, so we know he's super smart. Um, what do you need to see from him when that snap happens and he gets everybody lined up going the right way at the right time? Yeah, well, he's been doing that for about nine months, ten months, uh, since the season ended last year. And he's, he's been the uh, offensive line go-to guy, the leader, uh, you know, with that group, uh, you know, players go to, um, players follow, players listen to. Um, it's, it's a lot by, you know, um, by what he does, how he handles his business. And, uh, you know, other guys can see that, like, uh, you know, I'm going to take some of his best qualities, some of Andrew Vistardis' best qualities because they're really good. And uh, so I've been, been watching that for, uh, you know, for 10 months. And uh, since he's been here, fifth-year player that uh, – you know, had his opportunity and really, really took advantage of it. When this offense takes the field, is there something that you as a coach, as an offensive guy, are really excited to see about this offense? Yeah, I think they're really talented um, and, and very competitive. Uh, and they're a together group, uh, continuing to, to drill down and really, uh, you know, with the, the assignments, you know, the, uh, you know, and how they, how they communicate and how they play together. Um, you know, I think that's that's the thing we're still and always going to be, uh, you know, chasing perfection, like any football team. But uh, yeah, ready to, ready to watch them let it rip. There's always steps in the off season where you've got winter conditioning and then you've got you know spring ball. Those normal steps aren't there. There was a lot of classroom time, a lot of Zoom time. Now you you know you've had some practice time. It seems to be easy to answer a lot of those questions when you're in a classroom and, and the coach asks you, hey, who do you have on this player? What route do you run? Then you go to practice, and there's a progression. The next progression, obviously, is playing the games. How do you get guys to translate everything that they learned in the classroom that they've experienced on the practice field to, to that game experience? Yeah, I think just, you know, the, the greater your understanding, and there's no question to take it from the classroom to the field, uh, you know, where you gain the muscle memory uh, and, you know, continuing to understand 
you know, your assignment and those around you um, enables you to go out there and take it to the game and, uh, uh, and, and go for it. So that's, that's really the better the understanding, the more you can, you can trust that you can go for it in the moment of a game. We'll be back with Coach Harbaugh with a little bit more just in a minute. Uh, you're listening to Inside Michigan Football, brought to you by Learfield IMG College. Welcome back to Inside Michigan Football. This segment with Coach Harbaugh is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and approved by the Michigan Dairy Market Program Committee. Coach, let's shift over to the defense just a little bit. Uh, I know that you and I, and, and we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks here, the excitement that you have you know, in regards to Pay, Aiden Hutchinson, and the front seven with Cam McGrone. There's a lot of talent up there. Um, we talked about transitioning from the practice field to the game field. These guys have experience. What are your expectations for some of your more veteran players when they take the field that you have in that front seven? I think you're going to see relentless players, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, um, you know, just a, a relentless, uh, talented football player. Um, he's ready to go. Quitty pay, same, same great, uh, two, two great ends there. Um, then our, our inside guys, Chris Hinton, uh, in his sophomore year, uh, playing extremely well, Carlo Kemp in his fifth year and, and, uh, Donovan Jeter is, 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 mm-hmm. is having a heck of a, heck of a camp and an off season. And, uh, you know, can't wait to watch him play. I mean, he's been very disruptive and, and, uh, very good and very talented. So, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great group. Jeff Spates, uh, uh, also been good and really solid and, um, you know, Julius Wells calls the guy who's surgeon and, and coming onto the scene as a, as a, uh, as a defensive lineman and, uh, Luigi, uh, Elaine and, uh, Taylor Upshaw, uh, two other, two other defensive ends that, uh, you know, are doing really good things as well. So it's a, it's a good group. Um, Mozzie Smith, Mozzie, uh, you know, just, uh, keeps, keeps improving and, and getting better and better and, Gabe Newberg is you know, going to play, and Mike Morris. Uh, I think you'll you'll see him, uh, you know, very soon. And then freshman Chris Jenkins. I got to say some good things about him because uh, you know, he's. I think he's a really real deal type of guy as well. So uh, excited about that defensive line. In the in the secondary, your back end. Uh, we've talked about Dax Hill. We've talked about Brad Hawkins, Vince Gray, Gamon Green. A lot of those guys that are going to be in that other corner position. And I'd like to use this as a transition into talking about Minnesota. How do they match up against what? a lot of people think is the strength of this Minnesota team in Rashad Bateman, Christian Autumn Bell, and the receivers, along with Tanner Morgan, their quarterback. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, there's no question. Great receiving group, really savvy quarterback. Um, you know, very, very good. That's a challenge, right? I mean, there's uh, and our, our guys know it. We're going to we're gonna have to play good, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to have to play good to contain, you know, just to contain those, those guys. So, um, uh, but our guys are talented too. Brad Hawkins is playing his his best football. Um, Dax Hill is super talented player. Maybe maybe our most talented player on the team. Um, and Vince Gray, experienced player. Uh, Jamon Green uh, doing extremely well too. Uh, and Jalen Perry and DJ Turner. Uh, also, uh, Sammy Faustin moved from safety to to corner. Um, and some good uh, other good safeties too. Makari Page, uh, Hunter Reynolds. So, uh, 
you know, you're going to see some some of them in the game. Um, Kari uh, Page is for true freshman. I, you know, predict great things for him. Um, and Andre Selden and, and other guys, uh, other, you know, right almost there. Um, so, uh, you know, that that's the – yeah, that'll be the game with you know somewhat of a game within in the game, like 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 it is at every position. But uh, you know, ready to watch it go down. You know, watch our guys compete. Against, I know, I can't uh, wait. You know, really challenging matchup. I'm so excited to see this team take the field. It's uh, I think a lot of Michigan fan, all Michigan fans, are excited to see them take the field. But you mentioned Dax Hill is is probably one of the most talented guys, if not the most talented guy on the field. What does he do that's so special from that safety position? What makes him special as an athlete? Um, his coverability, you know, coverage skills. Uh, you know, um, we've talked about playing him at corner because he's that good of a you know cover player and. And, um, but he's, he does a lot of that, um, uh, from the safety position and also as the nickel position. So, uh, and you know, he's, uh, he likes the challenge. I think, I think, you know, I think he really wants the challenge. I think he really, uh, is excited about the, the challenge that's uh, in front of him this week. Uh, so that, that, that competitive side of him, I mean, all those things make him special. Trophy game this weekend, little Brown jug. How important is it to come home with the jug? Very, very. Uh, but, uh, it's been around since 1903, I believe. And, uh, you know, they, um, yeah, it's uh, for those, I, I believe, I can't remember which team it was, whether it was Minnesota's water jug. Can't remember the story exactly. Who took whose water jug by accident? But, uh, you know, one of the teams took the water jug by accident. And then, hey, we want our water jug back. And, well, you're going to have to come, come beat us. And, you know, to have it back. I mean, that's all great stuff. You know, that's all great uh, lore and, and history and great to be a part of and, uh, you know, our, our, our chance to, you know, be in another chapter of that. Well, Coach, thanks for your time. We're super excited to, uh, to get a chance to watch you guys on Saturday. All right. Thank you. This segment has been brought to you by Chocolate Milk and approved by the Michigan Dairy Market Program Committee. When we come back, we'll have more Inside Michigan Football brought to you from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back to Inside Michigan Football. I'm now joined by Michigan's offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis. Coach, how you doing? And and how are things looking in year two here in Ann Arbor? Well, doing great. You know, as, as uh, we're getting closer and closer to game day, it's starting to feel real. You know, for a minute there, just being able to watch everyone across college football kind of felt a little bit of a disconnect. You know, the, the anxiety of, uh, you know, wanting to get to game week and wanting to get to back to playing football. Uh, it's something our kids have been looking forward to, and that day is coming up pretty close. So how how exciting was it, one, to get up and going uh, and practicing, putting the pads on, and now that you're you're into game week, um, obviously, what's the, the level of excitement, thinking that, you know, hey, Saturday, we finally got a game? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, a credit to our kids and, and the way we handled the program uh, when, the, uh, when the bad news was delivered. We never stopped practicing, you know, so we stayed here together, obviously, uh, continuing to train, uh, continue to be around each other and continue to, you know, they gave us opportunities to practice. And so when we actually had the opportunity to put the pads on, it was rather, it was rather uh, smooth. You know, it was a seamless uh, uh, transition as far as uh, getting the pads on and getting back to, you know, getting acclimated to playing what I call real football. It wasn't just the, uh, the t-shirts and jerseys anymore, tag off. Now we got a chance to, you know, put the pads on and, and increase the level of physicality. 
Um, but, uh, you know, you can tell right now, just as we inch closer and closer uh, to game week, the level of, you know, anxiety has went up, you know, the uh, energy in practice, uh, the enthusiasm, um, obviously, you know, it's been a stressing point of creating a physical atmosphere uh, because that's what the kids have missed. You know, they've been able to take advantage of the mental part as far as knowing what to do and how to do it. Uh, but now we get an opportunity to physically do it. So, you know, kind of building up that callus is to say as far as the physical part is going to be the most important piece. So I want to talk about Minnesota in just a minute because I know there's some challenges in preparing for a first game. But um, what what did you – when you went back to study film over, you know, what happened in, in year one in Ann Arbor for you as an offensive coordinator – what do you expect will be some of the differences? Or a better, a better question is, what did you learn from year one that you're going to do differently in year two? You know, I, I think the biggest thing early on was handling adversity, you know, being able to respond from, it, from adverse situations, whether that's turnovers or whether that's, you know, critical situations in games, you know, being able to handle adversity. I think, um, you know, I think our kids, uh, you know, did a tremendous job of that throughout the year, just, you know, battling that. And, you know, as, as you saw them continue to get the game reps, uh, you know, we were in a uh, in a very rare situation last year. You know, we had a lot of guys that we were depending on uh, that hadn't played a lot of college football. You know, so it was about getting those guys acclimated, getting them the amount of reps. You know, a lot of times when you're relying on freshmen at certain positions, it's not easy. And so uh, just getting the game reps for those guys that where the pieces moved, uh, they knew how to handle the moving pieces and not just, you know, pause out there on the field. And so. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think they've done a really good job of that. Obviously, they did a great job towards the end of the year pulling it along. And, you know, it's really about the kids. It's about providing an opportunity to put those guys in position uh, to be as successful as possible and keep developing them individually. How much of a benefit is it to have film of actual, you know, Michigan performing on the field? And especially you mentioned at the end of the year where you start to see success in certain plays, success from certain formations, and then you could see it against defenses where the guys that you are coaching up were actually on the field. How much of a benefit is it to be able to coach from that film instead of this is what we want it to look like? Yeah, huge benefit. You know, when first, you know, with the installation part of your offense, you know, in, in the spring, you're showing clips of other teams, you know, other offenses I've been around and, and plays, you know, and, 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 you know, a lot of times, you know, that's good to install and teach. Uh, but as we all know, the players, they want to learn from their own mistakes. They want to learn from their own film. You know, you, you garner their attention a little bit more when they're in on that rep. And so, uh, you know, being able to go back through, you know, all season cut ups and go back slowly and watch plays that, you know, that we have run that have been successful in plays that, you know, we run that weren't quite as successful. And they're the same plays and being able to understand why this play wasn't successful this time as compared to another time. And so, you know, I think that's part of the, the you know, the, the maturity of our team and being able to take the corrections and handle, um, you know, the coaching and really try to apply it to make themselves better. I thought it was a big deal last year. And maybe this is just me being a former player of the moment when you went from the booth to the field. Um, are you going to stay on the field this year? Yeah, I anticipate uh, continuing to be on the field. I think for me, it was a comfort level of, of being able to be around the players uh, when things didn't necessarily go great. You know, being able to look in their eyes, being able to rally them, uh, being able to, you know, pull together the unit. You know, oftentimes uh, I'm always there in practice, you know, right there, you know, before a series, before we go on the field, give them the play. Hey, let's go out here and let's get this done. And so, uh, you lose a little bit of that. You know, there's a little bit of a disconnect when you're in the booth. Obviously, you can see things differently. Uh, but I've trained my eye to be able to see things, you know, all throughout my career being on the field. But I think 
who I am as a coach and the passion uh, that I have and, and obviously the relationships with the players I think is the most important piece. I'm always obviously looking at my position, all right? When when I look at the offensive line, there are certain things I, I'm hoping to see. This year, you've got four guys that are going to be relatively new. I know you're going to have some seniors in there. Ryan Hayes had some time. Jalen Mayfield's back. But in, in, in your from your eyes, what are you seeing this offensive line in their development, and what do you anticipate from them You know, in the first couple of games? Yeah, I think uh, two things. Uh, you know, I really like where we are. Uh, starting to jail right there at the offensive line position as far as development. Uh, I think there's a there's an added benefit in the guys that we're able to, um, you know, that we're able to bring together right now to form this unit. Uh, one is that, you know, they've been they've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, this is not like the running back position last year where we were re- relying on a bunch of guys who had never played college football. You know, we were a lot of fresh faces, a lot of guys that never had opportunities. Um, you know, when you look at the guys that uh, we have up front, they've been in the program three to four years. And so, uh, the benefit added to that is they've went against some really good defensive linemen in practice, you know, mm-hmm. whether or not they were on the field, but they're battling guys, you know, the Quiddy Pays, you know, the, uh, the Carlo Kemp's of the world, the Aiden Hutchinson's. These guys have been battling these guys for, you know, three years in practice. And so it's led to experience some game-like reps, even though they haven't had game reps. You know, they've gone against mm-hmm. some really good defensive linemen here uh, in our program. And so, you know, just being able to see that group, you know, kind of gel together and obviously Andrew Starris leading it, obviously at the center position, being able to, you know, make sure everyone's all on the same page. We've got some really smart guys. And I think we'll have an opportunity to be more athletic um, than we've ever been up front at the offensive line position, which is going to end up helping us. I think the area that we've got to continue to, to, you know, take the next steps is in the pass protection game. And, uh, you know, I really love where our running backs are right now, you know, our running backs, you know, just to see their level of preparation and see the growth in that position uh, it's been shocking, you know, just it, it shocks you because they're playing so much better and at such high level. Um, but it really should shock you because it's like year two for a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. So you naturally get better, you know, after your first year of playing football. And so it's been uh, it's been really exciting to watch those two groups come together. Yeah, and and there's no greater friend, uh, maybe other than a mobile quarterback to an offensive lineman, than a back that either has that knack of chipping or actually is where he's supposed to be when he says he's going to be there in pass protection. If if you take that one step further in terms of the rushing attack, what are you seeing from? I mean, you've got a loaded running back room. How do you sort through who gets the ball? Yeah, that's that's what we're working through now. The personnel, you know, personnel is is, is good, um, you know, when you have a bunch of them, but it also creates problems as far as there's only one football. You know, we've got a number of different playmakers on our team, you know, the running back position, tight end position and receiver position. And so, you know, what we've tried to do now is try to build the package around what those guys do best. And so, um, you know, we're four strong at, at the running back position. You know, you look at it, you know, with Charbonnet and, uh, you know, obviously Hassan, those two guys have proven what they can do on the field, but it's been pretty exciting to watch Blake Corm and Chris Evans get after it uh, here in practice. And I think we've got enough of a different skill set in that room. Um, when you look at that room, it's not a cookie cutter room. You know, we've got backs that can be physical bruisers. We've got backs that can be explosive with the ball in hand. We've got backs that can catch the ball. And so, uh, you know, it's my job, obviously, to make sure we put all the pieces together, but it sure does provide a, a challenge to make sure that we're able to, to feature those guys steadily in the right way. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll talk to Coach Gaddis about those pass catchers and the pass throwers. Um, this is Inside Michigan Football, brought to you from Learfield IMG College.
Well, welcome back. And Josh Gaddis has uh, uh, been generous enough with his time to to spend a couple of segments with us. And and we talked about the uh, the running backs. We talked about the offensive line. We talked about year two uh, in the in this offense. Um, and I, I guess I want to then go into the receivers. Um, you lose some guys to the draft. Um, you know, you, you've lost some guys to the future NFL draft and Nico Collins. But what do you see when you, in, in this is your position? What do you see when you look at these receivers? Um, Ronnie Bell, some experience, but some other guys are going to have to step up and play well. You know, this group is um, is very talented. Um, you know, we're not, we're not as big as what I would probably prefer us to be right now. Uh, but we're very talented, fast, athletic. Uh, you know, we've got some guys that, you know, are some dynamic type players, you know, and, and guys that are really crafty uh, in their craft as far as being able to create separation and, and create big plays. I think the thing that's going to be the challenge uh, with any group that's young and inexperienced is consistency. You know, being able to consistently make those plays when your number is called mm-hmm. uh, is going to be the key. But I think I'm excited about uh, the depth. Uh, we're six deep, obviously, where our scholarship positions at our scholarship numbers at the receiver position, and all six of those guys are going to play football for us. You know, all six of those guys are exciting, and they've made a big number of plays throughout camp fours, uh, and they provide an element of speed and, and, and explosiveness. And so um, we've just got to continue to make those plays when it, when game time comes because it's going to be new for a lot of those guys. You only have one guy returning that's, you know, played some significant time uh, in games, and a lot of guys had impact time, but they didn't play significant time. You know, there were more touch guys like Giles Jackson, uh, Mikey Sanders still and Cornelius Johnson, but those guys have stepped up uh, in tremendous ways. I'm really excited about the two freshmen we have as well. So I want to ask you about a, a quote that has obviously made its trip around the world, made its trip around the Big Ten, and that is the wow plays um, from Joe Milton. Um, just go into a little more depth about how much Joe Milton can do uh, in regards to those wild plays. But I think what I want to see is his ability to show touch at some of those shorter routes, to be able to hit the running backs that you talk about having that ability to catch passes, hit your tight ends. Um, oh, I almost forgot the tight ends. we got to go back to those guys as well. Put those in the pass catchers. But tell us a little bit about Joe uh, Milton and uh, Cade McNamara in that quarterback room. Yeah, you know, I think um, the thing for both of those guys, they've had a tremendous camp. Uh, they're both really, really talented, and they've got a great grasp of, of what we want to do offensively. And uh, the maturity that those two guys have shown as leaders on this team has been tremendous, you know, because I challenged those guys in December. I said, hey, you know, you guys have got to step up and show us that you can lead this team. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of uncertainty whenever you lose a starting quarterback and then you have the number of pieces that you know are missing up front. But uh, those two guys have come a very long way. I'm really pleased with their development. And, and you know, the thing I would say is, uh, you know, they're both making a ton of wild plays and, you know, they both have really good arms. They both have really good touch. I'm not quite as worried about the, the touch. I'm more so worried about the timing. Take it back <laughs> to the old line days. I, I don't want too many wild plays where it's 70 yards because when it's 70 yards, you got to hold on to it a little bit longer, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I think that's going to be the biggest thing and the biggest challenge, you know, for Joe and, and Kate is, you know, how, how can we play on time? you know, play in rhythm and play in sync and that we're not sitting there holding on to the ball if, if the picture changes uh, or we're not panicking with the ball in our hands and we're making smart uh, decisions at the quarterback position. We're protecting the football and we're playing on time uh, so we don't encourage sacks or give up sacks from a timely standpoint. From a, from a play caller's position, is that something early on where you want to make the decisions easy for them to make or – hey, they're going to have to make the decision whether it's easy or it's hard. This is what we need to call at this time. Yeah, I, I think um, 
we, we obviously you want to get your quarterback comfortable. Uh, you want to provide stability at that position uh, to allow them to be able to play as successful as possible. But we don't want to kind of pigeon ourselves in any one way or one way, shape or form. So, you know, uh, first and foremost, we've got to have the ability to run the ball. And then from there, we've got to have the ability to pass the ball. Um, you know, the, the way you're going to be able to beat teams in this league and win this league is being is having balance. Uh, it's not just being loaded on one side or, or, or being limited to doing one thing. And so um, we've got to be able to run the ball to win. We've got to be able to throw the ball to score. And so those two elements are very important to our offense and creating explosive plays. Uh, and I think our quarterbacks are both ready um, as prepared when their number is called, they'll be called upon. This may be a better question come the 1st of December, but has the fact that we're going to be playing into December and whether it at some point is going to be a huge issue, has that gone into the preparation of, of what you're doing or how you're putting together the offense for this unique season? Yes, it has. You know, coaches, um, you know, Coach Harbaugh has obviously made a huge emphasis about that as far as playing later in the year. Um, you know, some of the things that we need to do offensively, um, to be able to be prepared for that. Uh, and I think that is a, is a very key point. You know, we're playing later than ever. Um, you know, we're playing uh, some road games later in some situations or in some areas that we normally wouldn't be playing in. And so cold weather games come into play. And you got to be ready for that because as the weather changes, the game changes as well. And I think uh, that was one of the key things that allowed us to have some uh, some wins and some bad weather situations last year, whether it was Illinois or playing Notre Dame at home, uh, is the ability to adjust, you know, and not just be um, held to being able to do one thing. And so that's why I say the balance in our offense is going to be so important and critical to the success of our team uh, as the year goes on, because we're going to face a number of challenges in this, uh, you know, in this new age of football. You know, not only are you challenging the pandemic or what or may not happen, uh, weekly with the ability to lose players, but you're also going to be dealing with the weather. And we're talking to Michigan's offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis. And Josh, uh, before we let you go, um, you know, Minnesota is unique in that it's the first game of the year. There's always that first game. Their defense is a little bit unique as well because they lost a lot of, of talent off of that defense. How do you prepare for a team when – you don't necessarily know exactly what the personnel is going to be. Yeah, that's always a challenge. Obviously, we have some challenges on our hand, obviously, replacing our own personnel. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is focusing on us, you know, focusing on it that, you know, uh, you know, we're taking the correct footwork. We're, we're running the right routes. We're making the correct reads. We're not beating ourselves. First and foremost, before you go into any game, uh, you've got to eliminate the, the amount of mistakes uh, that you're going to make that are going to be costly to give up uh, the game to the opposing team. And so uh, Minnesota is a very good team. Obviously, they had a great season last year. One of the things you saw on film is they're a team that gained tremendous confidence throughout the year. You know, they didn't they finished the year uh, on an extremely high note and they had some tough challenges early in the year. And I think that was a, a sign of growth for them as a team. And so, you know, we're all looking to speed up that growth process now for our own team. You know, being able to get all of our guys that were, that are inexperienced, get those guys game-like reps at full speed uh, to be able to, to pick up where we left off. Coach, I sure appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to seeing the offense this year come uh, Saturday. Uh, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Josh Gaddis and Michigan football is uh, inside Michigan football is brought to you from Learfield IMG College. We'll be right back in just a minute. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Inside Michigan Football. I'm now joined by one of my favorite Wolverines right now and a leader in the wide receiver room. That's Ronnie Bell. Uh, Ronnie, how you doing and how's practice going so far? Uh, I'm doing well. Practice has been uh, a lot of fun. Um, you know, a lot of energy. You know, guys are excited. Uh, game day is right around the corner. You know, and uh, yeah, just, you know, the lights and the energy of the, the whole team is a lot of fun practicing. Now that you guys have had a couple of weeks in pads, what's the, the you know the anticipation for the season? Uh, are you at that point where you just want to hit somebody else in a different color jersey? A hundred percent, definitely. I, I think we're all we all can agree on that. We're ready to ready to see somebody else and play football against somebody else. How much uh, Minnesota have you guys dug into? Um, it's obviously it's it's the first game, but there's been a couple of different uh, iterations of the schedule. Have you guys started to break down uh, Minnesota's film yet? Uh, at first, not too much. You know, we like flirted with it every now and then, but then like this week, we've we've dug into it quite a bit. And what um, what are you seeing from uh, the Minnesota uh, defense? Uh, their defense last year was really good. Um, and, you know, uh, the defensive back position, um, you know, St. Juice, he was with us my freshman year. And we see, you know, I've seen him over there. And, like, you know, they've got good size uh, in the DB room, especially with him. What are some of the challenges that you have? You mentioned that, you know, obviously everybody has last year's film to watch. Um, and it's the same for Minnesota. They've got your last year's film to watch, and the receiving room is different. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, you know, obviously they're, they've got different personnel. How difficult is it for you guys, or how do you assess a defense when you're going into the first game and you don't have any current film uh, to watch? And some, some players are a little bit unknown. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, for the most part, you just kind of got to take uh, with the scheme of everything, you know, and see what they're trying to do and understand, like, when you go out there, like, who you saw on film isn't going to be who's right in front of you, but you still got to understand what they're trying to accomplish. That way you're getting everything out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Some guys in your room have, have left, um, whether it's to go to the NFL, to graduation. There's a lot of different reasons. But um, how have uh, how have you assumed a leadership role uh, in that wide receiver room? Uh, what's it called? I feel like, uh, personally, I just have never um, taken my foot off the gas. And so, and same for every receiver that is returned. All, none of us have stopped. You know, because guys are leaving or going or whatever we got going on, everybody that's been right here with us, nobody has stopped. So the guys that's coming in and the new guys, like, I mean, they see that and it's easy to uh, to want to be a part of that. You know, it's a lot of fun in that room it, with uh, nobody ever stopping. I mean, it's just a lot of fun for everybody, everybody involved. How much more comfortable or, or how much different will this offense look this year and I know it's the same offense, but it's a it's the second year. Are you guys more comfortable? And and are there any different wrinkles that you might have in year two that you had talked about in year one, but maybe weren't able to get to? Uh, I think definitely just like the, the aspect of just like being comfortable. I think everybody's a lot more comfortable. Um, I feel like you know last year the very beginning of the season was you know bumpy. You know guys just kind of. You know, it was just it was, I mean, it was new, but I mean, it was it wasn't necessarily new, but at the same time, it was new because the guys that had been there before the, the years before it it wasn't the same 
offense, you know. So I think from that standpoint, from a comfortable standpoint, I think we're there. There's some critics that would say, hey, there's a new quarterback, new offensive line. There's, you know, new talent at the wide receiver position. Um, what would you tell the critics to expect when this offense takes the field? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to look different, but, I mean, it's the same. We all we all have, we're here. The guys that are playing now aren't necessarily different because we all have been here. So, like, we – guys have always had reps whether it be practice or you know certain games like these guys like may not have been like the quote-unquote like starters but like they have they've always been here and they've always been a part of the system and always been a part of the team and always been playing so from that standpoint like I think like like for us nothing's really different you know like it feels the same for everybody that's here Josh Gaddis, uh, it was either last week or the week before when he was talking about Joe Milton mentioned the wow plays and that, you know, hey, because of the strength of his arm, he makes sure that you guys are, uh, you know, running your routes and, and running them as deep as sometimes he calls them. Um, what have you seen from the young quarterback in Joe Milton? Uh, definitely, like, with those deep balls, it's just like the effort, like, it's like effortless for him to, uh, like, launch that ball down the field. Like, you could be running – and um, looking, you know, what I'm saying like looking back at the quarterback, and like the way he throws it, it don't even look like it's about to go that far. And then you just see the velocity on the ball, and you know, like you better get on your horse because it's uh, it's going, it's getting down the field. Um, and then just you know, I think for him, he's getting you know, it's a lot more comfortable than what he has been um, since we've been up here. So like you know, like his like swagger is kind of to him whenever he's playing now. So it's like a lot of fun watching him quarterback. Um, some people have mentioned, and I don't, you know, one of the things that, you know, coaches talked about and that some, you know, other people have talked about, I've talked about this in regards to Joe being able to put some touch on the ball. Um, when a quarterback throws the, and I'm going to use air quotes on the radio. So, uh, you know, bear with me, a catchable ball. What does that mean to you as a receiver when a quarterback throws a, a catchable ball? I mean, like, that's all you can ask for as a receiver, you know? Like, uh, I mean, like, not everything's going to be perfect throughout the game of football. I mean, guys that have played or uh, guys that play, you know, even as a as a young as a kid, you know, younger, you know, like, mm-hmm. you learn really quick things in football don't go necessarily as planned. So, you know, as a receiver, as long as that ball is catchable, that's all you can ask for. Well, Ronnie, I, I'm I'm sure excited to see you on Saturday. Um, how excited are you and, and your teammates to be able to take the field and, and play the game uh, up in Minneapolis? We are all very excited. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time, and uh, uh, we'll look for you on Saturday. You've been listening to Inside Michigan Football, brought to you from Learfield IMG College. Well, I want to thank... Jim Harbaugh, Josh Gaddis, Ronnie Bell for stopping by the show and giving us some insight and what to expect, not just in this game, but in this year of 2020 that has been so unusual. Michigan will start this season off on Saturday night against Minnesota. That game starts, supposed to kick off at 7.30. Tailgate show will begin at 4.30. Myself and Doug Karsh 
Uh, we'll kick that off a little bit later tonight. If you missed any of this show, we will post on the In the Trenches podcast the best of Inside Michigan football. So you can get that in just a few minutes. Uh, tomorrow, Conquering Heroes will be with Ward Manuel. He's going to give us an update on what to expect this weekend, how testing is going, everything involved with Michigan Athletics. Thursday, we'll have our new episode of In the Trenches. Friday, a special edition we'll have all season long, and that's going to be it's going to be a little bit short, but it's going to be the keys to the game, keys to victory for Michigan as they take on the Golden Gophers. Can't wait to kick this season off. Excited and thankful for all of those listeners. Please tune in all week long. And obviously, let's cheer them on on Saturday night. This is Inside Michigan Football, brought to you from Learfield IMG College. Thanks for listening to Inside Michigan Football. If you missed any of tonight's show, visit our podcast channel, MGo Blue Podcasts, with John Jansen. MGo Blue Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Michigan Sports Network.